Locked and Down, The Reset with Cindy Paluta is brought to you by Salal. Mind, body, Salal. 702 presents Locked and Down podcast. The Reset with Cindy Paluta. Welcome, everyone, to episode one of Locked and Down, The Reset. For those who are new here, The Reset, a short series following on from the original Locked and Down, a 21-episode series recorded during what many South Africans, myself included, thought would be a 21-day lockdown to fight a pandemic that we thought would go away. And boy, were we wrong. I think if there's anything I've learned from the pandemic is that life is completely unpredictable. At any moment, the world can truly be turned upside down down, forcing us to, dare I use the cliche, pivot. Be resilient and soldier on. But for many of us, that has not been as easy as we expected. And life after lockdown has come with many challenges. It's time now to rebuild, reconfigure, revamp our post-COVID existence, what we will be referring to as the reset. Someone who is instrumental in our first series is Cassie Chambers, who is the Operations Director at SADAG, the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. And I think it's crucial that we include her in our first episode, because if you're listening to this podcast, you need to know you're not alone. So welcome, Cassie. Thank you so very much. Lovely to chat to you again. So let's just dive right in. Sure. We were so naive in those early days of lockdown, and it went on a lot longer than many of us expected. Totally. I think we all remember exactly where we were when we got that announcement. We went into lockdown for the first time ever. We were stuck at home for what we thought was going to be three weeks and it kept on extending and we had to keep on adjusting. And what we thought was going to be, I think, a six-part series turned into a 21-part series. We're now two and a half years down the road and so much has happened. I mean, as dreadful as COVID is and was, I mean, we can't say it was because it Mm. is still around. I think what it did is shine a spotlight on mental wellness. And I don't think many people believe the numbers that SADAG would have seen in those early days of lockdown, how many calls or requests you guys would have got How was that in the beginning Mm. and where are we now? You know, traditionally, just before COVID, we were getting 600 calls a day from people around the country reaching out for help. We were in an office space. That's where we worked and operated. And from that very first day of lockdown, our calls doubled overnight. We had 1,200 calls per day. And those call volumes kept on increasing as the months rolled on, as we were more impacted, every new wave we were experiencing. So many more people were reaching out. I mean, we were looking at 1,200, then two and a half thousand calls per day. At the moment, two and a half years down the road, we're sitting at over 3,000 calls per day and hundreds more SMSs, emails, WhatsApps. So people are, are still being impacted and reaching out for help. So the one way that we often look at it now is, wow, there's such a demand. People are really struggling. They're reaching out. But wow, they're reaching out and they have someone to call and they're phoning and saying, I'm not coping and I can't do this and I need help. And that's very encouraging. So in a way, we're looking at it great. We're breaking the stigma. You mentioned that people can now relate. We were talking so much more about it during COVID. The words anxious, depressed, traumatized, grief were becoming common parts of our conversation. And we were normalizing that it was okay to feel like this and it was okay to reach out for help. So while the demand on our services is grown exponentially and it keeps growing every month, 
we're also really encouraged that so many people did reach out. Also very aware that there are still so many people who are too afraid to reach out, who don't know about SADAG, don't know where to go to get help. And I think those are the kinds of people that we're still, the need to create awareness and have more of these conversations, why this is also so important, is to reach those people that have been suffering alone. People will be listening to this series and there will be common themes that we use. And these are the common themes that you would have seen coming through on those call lines mm-hmm. at SEDEC. What would you say were the main themes you've, you have now found? Because it's two years on from COVID, but some of that initial emotional mm-hmm. instability still stands. Absolutely. And I think we, we, we keep adjusting, right? There's all these different things that have happened. So we're constantly dealing with all these stresses and triggers. And I think for a lot of people, some of the key themes that we've seen out is increased anxiety anxiety and depression, whether you had a mental health issue before or now during COVID, because of all the different things that you've had to deal with, your anxiety is so much higher. Your depression is so much deeper and often the combination of both, which is really hard. And this is even substantiated by the WHO who released stats that because of COVID, it increased depression and anxiety 20 to 30%. So if you're thinking around again in numbers in South Africa, we already had a high number before COVID. Now we're increasing that by you know 30%. That's a lot more of us. So we have to talk about it. So some of the themes that we've been seeing is definitely anxiety and depression, relationship issues. Mm. And this is also family relationship issues, uh, siblings, work colleagues. Because again, mental health doesn't have operating hours. You don't go to work, just deal with it there, go home. You're carrying all these baggage wherever you are. And now home is work, work is home, friends and family are all all over. We don't have any of those lines or boundaries. So if you're stressed, you're stressed at work, you're stressed with your colleagues, you're Mm -hmm. more agitated, you're more grumpy, you're fighting with your parents, with your family, with your children. So from the time that you wake up till the time that you go to bed, you're dealing with this roller coaster of stuff, financial issues, strain, pressure, debt, that's been a huge trigger for a lot of people, whether it be unemployment, I've lost my job, I'm the main breadwinner now, my husband's not working, Mm. that's had a profound impact. And what's been really difficult is that there haven't been many opportunities for people to find more work or to get more money. There's been none of that kind of plateau or that release or hope for a lot of people. So they're still struggling with it now. And the impact is I've lost my home. I've lost my car. We've had to change where we stay. We, you know, So that's been a huge impact for a lot of people. We've seen young people, teenagers, adolescents, children really, really suffering. You know, a lot of the hospitals, psychologist practices, they're full. Wow. With, with children and adolescents who are just not coping. They're kind of unraveling, yeah. you know, towards the end of the year. So those are the kind of key themes that we're looking at the moment that we're dealing with. And this overarching heaviness, our feeling just have no more capacity to deal with one more change, one more inconvenience, one more adjustment that you have to deal with. It's just been so much change that people are feeling really burnt out, really exhausted, and just that big sense of loss loss of so much stuff and people are just really battling. You say burnout and I can Mm. believe that because even if people didn't lose a job Mm. or, you know, they can still go to school, etc. In my personal experience, it was like a two-year lull. You know, Mm. you worked from home or you worked from the office. There were fewer people around. Now you're back in the office. It's meetings, it's schedules. You've forgotten what the in and out of the (laughs) office is like. You've forgotten how it feels to drive to the office. On top of that the kids are back at school and my kids went straight 
back into extramurals. It was nuts. And it was the fundraising evening for this and the project for that. And you, so you went from this lull of, okay, well, we can do it when Mm. we do it. And almost deadlines were smudgy because it was like, oh, I'm really sorry. You know, I'm overloaded at the moment. Like Cyril opened the doors and straight away we were all back in it. So even your everyday life and the pace that you were at before COVID, Mm. which you were handling at the time, can make you feel overwhelmed and burnt out. Mm. And and it's a lot of people are using this term of the, the new normal. And I think what we're experiencing is not normal. We're expecting to go back to how it was before, right? After we've had all this change, we've kind of depleted a lot of our capacity because we were trying to be so resilient and to try to really make this work and work and working from home and adjusting and online and all the stuff that, that you mentioned. And then we've come back and everyone's like, wow, now we have to have all these functions we haven't had for over two and a half years. Now it's all these birthday parties. Now it's all these events and weddings and almost like we're paying catch up in a short space of time when we actually don't have many personal resources anymore. Our capacity is low. So we're also finding that a lot more people are agitated. They're quite triggered. They're lashing out a lot quicker. They're really tired, physically tired. We're finding a lot of people also saying like, you know, I'm not sleeping. I've got now my chronic illness has spurred up. I'm just not feeling healthy. It's because we're just go, 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 go on to the next. And I think it's that pressure of like, okay, well, let's just pick up where we were. And it's this pressure cooker of of stuff that's happening. And a lot of people are saying, okay, now, yes, I'm very aware. I have anxiety. I feel very depressed. I'm burnt out. What do I do now? And that's where people are kind of taking it on. But then throwing into the mix is that I don't have money to go and see someone professionally. I don't have time to go and see someone professionally. My work's not going to give me time off. I can't lose my job because I'm still, it's this snowball effect. It almost feels like it's just too much, too much of everything at the moment. And it's that it's that under bubbling for a lot of people. You know, when you make popcorn and then you put too many seeds yes. in the pot and the popcorn keeps rising and eventually you're like, oh my gosh, the lid <laughs> is going to blow off this thing. So you reach for somebody next to you to help you. Coming up on Locked and Down The Reset, Cassie Chambers will share that all-important checklist for the best ways to deal with change. It's not easy, but we have to do it. It's said that health is wealth, and in the pursuit of wellness, many are looking beyond medicines that manage symptoms and choosing supplements that can provide real health solutions in support of more holistic lifestyles. Solal offers a comprehensive range that combines micronutrients with concentrated plant extracts. Only the highest quality ingredients to nourish your body and mind with essential vitamins for overall health. Mind. Body. Solal. Locked and Down Podcast. The Reset. With Cindy Paluta. So at the end of every episode, I hope to be able to give just a few key points to help the people listening to just reset and Mm. move forward because it's okay to not be okay and it's not okay to stay there. Mm. So should we accept that this is the new normal? Absolutely. And I think we're still also figuring it out. It's not going to go back to how it ever was. Um, Our world has changed. We've changed. How we operate has changed. One of the things that we're trying to stress as well is that while not everyone has a mental illness, such as depression or anxiety or PTSD or bipolar, everyone has mental health. And everyone could be taking proactive steps every day to look after 
after our mental health. It's not just having a bubble bath and then, oh, your problems will go away, right? Everyone just thinks you just need some self-care and you're going to have a bubble bath and a good night's sleep and you're fine. But it's about actively making sure that we're looking after our mental health every day to make sure that we're building that capacity. And, and the best way that we've been putting it is we all heard this term, you know, we're all in the same boat or, or we're all in the same storm. We're just in different boats. And now two and a bit years into COVID, our boats are damaged. There's holes. Some of us are throwing out the water. We're, we're, we're taking on water. Some of us have had to jump in each other's boats to help each other out. We're tied together. The storm is changing and it's getting bigger all the time. And we have to make sure that we can build that resilience, look after ourselves right now, even if it's a five minutes a day. Because if we don't, it's going to escalate into something more severe where you're needing more professional help. So we you're saying to people, look after yourself, look after your mind as much as possible. But sometimes that five minutes can feel too much. So mm. how do how do we stay motivated? I think also when our, our busy day today, we never add ourselves to that list. And we always think we have to carve out this time for self-care. You know, I have to go to a therapist or I have to go and, and carve out this time to sit and, and self-care. I think it's about starting small and it could be as simple as writing it down, putting a reminder on your phone. And it could be as simple as saying, I'm going to go outside for fresh air for five minutes and I'm just going to like do a mental health check-in. How am I feeling right now? Am I quite tense? Do I need to loosen up a little bit? What does my body feel like? When last did I have something to drink? When last did I eat? And what did I eat? Sometimes just doing that simple check-in where you're looking after yourself, as much as we're so good at looking after everyone and everything around us, we're really bad at looking after ourselves. So doing a mental health check-in, rating from even one to 10, one cool as a cucumber, everything is fine. I'm, I'm in control. To 10, I'm going to break down. I'm going to freak out. I can't do this. Where are you on that one to 10? And if you're high, say, okay, what can I do in that moment? Is it a five minute fresh air break? Is it something that I need to phone a friend and just have a chat to, to help lift some of the stress that I'm dealing with? Is it about stretching? Is it about having a meal? Is it about just taking some deep breaths to get oxygen to your brain to lower some of those physical symptoms that we often feel? You know, that heaviness in our chest, mm. that kind of rocks in your stomach, those butterflies all the time where go, 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 taking five minutes, just doing some of those simple things. And maybe some days we're not able to do that. It's too busy, but it's about trying again the next day. What this also does is that role models for your children, where you do these mental health check-ins to help them, but also with your colleagues, your next meeting, take five minutes and say, okay, rate yourselves from one to 10. Let's take all the deep breath. And now we're going to tackle this big deadline together. It's about incorporating it into our normal day-to-day. -day. One of the things that we all learned about is how to wash our hands properly, which was so COVID compliant, but it's a really great mindfulness technique. We all go to the bathroom. When you go wash your hands, just take a deep breath. That could be 30 seconds. It's 30 seconds where you just catch your breath and say, how am I really doing? It's just about being honest and having those check-ins. If we don't start somewhere, we're never going to move forward. We speak to so many people who are on that threshold of everything's going to fall apart and I can't do this. And it, so if we can do anything to help prevent that and to provide some self-care tips, some what can I do in that moment? That's what we need to be talking and, and normalizing a bit more. You mm. know, we've all been able to relate to, yes, I'm feeling stressed and anxious, but now we need to be having conversations of, I felt stressed and this is what helped me today. Or let's go for lunch quickly. Let's just go catch a breath together. Now that we can see people in person, it's about creating those connections. So it's starting small, setting reminders and trying 
at least once every day. There are also going to be days that you feel fine mm. and you feel great. Mm. And I think in those moments, it's also important to write down why you feel great because you'll start to realize a pattern of behavior okay hang on on the days that I feel down it's because I'm triggered by xyz on the days that I'm up it's because this xyz I felt like I could do this or whatever Mm. and we find that people that handle change well often reset regularly they do Mm. that they they're in tune with how they're feeling and sometimes it's a lot of work to actually think how am I feeling you know because sometimes you're actually okay and it's okay also so, you and know. sometimes we don't really know, right? <laughs> it's because there's so much going on. We're just, and it's also quite tiring. I think a lot of people, it, it takes energy to to kind of do all these different things when you're juggling so much. So having to think, well, now I have to check in on myself. I, I'm, I'm just too tired. I can't do it. But what can we learn from people who handle change well? L- like you're saying, just being more exposed to it, checking in what works for you. Because when I'm feeling down and I don't know what's going to help me, we often think that we're just going to have all these answers. Oh, okay, well, I know if I go for a walk, I'm going to feel so much better, right? And I, I want to just make that clarity as well, is that going for a walk or having a breathing technique isn't going to treat your depression or treat your anxiety. It's going to help you in the moment so that you don't fall apart and you and you can get to the next right step. When you're connecting with other people, and, and it's about, I mean, going online, re- watching some TEDx talks on how people have accommodated with change and, and adjusted, whether maybe you've identified that you're really battling with change at work, going online, learning, asking your colleagues, how are they coping? Building up all these different ideas for your your, your mental health toolbox. So when you are having a bad moment or a bad day or you're starting the day and saying, how do I make today different? You have a toolbox that you can go to and say, oh, but they did this. This is how they cope. This is how they manage. And I think it's also... This is where it's really hard for us human beings is about being vulnerable because we think talking about our own mental health issues that it's a weakness and that we're less than, it's something wrong with us, it's a problem. But actually saying, today I'm, I'm not coping. And then allowing someone to say, well, let's do this together. Let's figure it out. Let's figure out the next right step. So I think it's also just having those vulnerable conversations, checking in with people around you, asking colleagues, asking family members, going online, really empowering yourself with what is going to work for you. You speak about being vulnerable and how it's not a it's not a weakness. So mm-hmm. I'll, I will share a vulnerable moment now. I was suffering with heart palpitations. I went to my GP. I thought I was having a heart attack. She, mm-hmm. she did about three or four ECGs this year. She said, I can't find anything. I went to a cardiologist, paid an absorbent amount of money to get tested because I was like, there is something wrong. When I run, I reach a certain pace and my heart is acting bizarre. Mm. He did the full checks. They ran blood tests. Okay, my cholesterol's a bit high, but they did all this stuff. And he said to me, I'm glad to tell you that there is nothing wrong. Mm. And then I said to him, but why am I getting this fluttering in my chest? Mm. And that heaviness. And then when I run, it stresses me out. Mm. And since that day, since he gave me the all clear and Mm. said, you can run, I have not had one heart palpitation. It was all in my head. And it's amazing how what's in your head can actually pass on through your body and manifest in different ways. Totally. I mean, we think stuff around mental health, depression, anxiety is stuff we can't see or touch, right? It's in our head, but we don't ever link it to our bodies. It affects your brain, which is the biggest organ in your body. And your brain operates your 
your whole body functioning. So mental health affects the way that we think, we feel, we behave, how our body operates. So there is that connection. And I think a lot of people might be able to relate to some of the physical symptoms that they've never connected to maybe, is this a mental health thing? We feel that for a physical illness that we can see, touch, have a blood test, that makes more sense to us. It's more logical. This is what's wrong. This is how I treat it. With mental illness, because we can't see it, we think it's something we imagined. Some of the physical symptoms people might have picked up on is a drastic change in sleeping habits. Are you sleeping well? Are you sleeping for long periods? Can you fall asleep? Are you waking up anxious? Um, do you feel tired the whole time? Digestive problems. It's very highly linked with anxiety and depression. And often people with anxiety and depression have digestive stomach problems, headaches, tension headaches, neck pains, all of these things could also be indicators that it's mental health. But we as humans, we can understand science and we can understand that if something is physically wrong, I can feel the pain, I need physical treatment. And with mental health, we think it's just imagined in our head. And I think it's about just being aware of connecting those. Once we can name something, we can tame it. So knowing that maybe, okay, it's not a serious heart condition, but maybe it is anxiety. And now that I know about it, I'm aware of it. I can move on with it. Well, this has been a very insightful episode, Cassie. Thank you. For the listeners out there, it's crucial to stop and ask yourself, are you thriving, surviving, struggling, or in a crisis? Accept which one or more you might be in. And if you find yourself in despair. Remember, SADAC is available. The South African Depression and Anxiety Group, as you heard Cassie say, they're there 24 hours a day. You can get them on 0800 456 or 0800-567-567. Now, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag TheReset. Let me know what resonated with you from my chat with Cassie today. How is your reset going? Are you ready to reset? What's stopping you from resetting? I look forward to hearing from you on hashtag TheReset. So from me, Cindy Paluta, thank you so much for giving me your time today. And remember, be kind to yourself. 702 presents Locked and Down Podcast. The Reset with Cindy Paluta. Locked and Down The Reset with Cindy Paluta was brought to you by Salel. Mind, body, Salel.